0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe.
0: This episode of the Mosaic Life podcast is brought to you by the one and only Mosaic Life Circle. If you want to stay in the know about brand new episode releases, exclusive guest content, as well as contest announcements... And if you want to be like Miranda from Oregon, who won our very first Vibe Box, she won two of our most life-changing books, a brand new journal, as well as our brand new Breathe About It t-shirt, which will be available at 1mosaic.life soon. Sign up for the circle today at onemosaic.life, so you'll be notified about everything I just mentioned and more. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Mosaic Life podcast. I'm extremely excited about this episode for two reasons. One, if I have any Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fans out there, this is episode number 42. So, you know, that's life and all. Nerd implications aside, in this episode, we speak with Matt Ward. What an incredible conversation this was. For a little bit of context, when I edit these episodes, I go through make usually extensive notes uh, for the show notes for added resources for the website and whatnot. These notes were ridiculous page after page of things that not only are going to be on the website, but things that I personally need to follow up with Matt on things that you as a listener probably will never see. This was such an incredible and in-depth conversation, but I still feel like it only scratched the surface, so I I know Matt and I and Ernie are going to be having additional conversations on top of this. Matt, in 2002, he started a website agency called In Concert Web Solutions, which he, in turn, sold in 2018, so that he could focus on helping other businesses get to more word-of-mouth referrals. His book, More, word of mouth referrals lifelong customers and raving fans released in 2018 and was a number one new release matt is a professional member of the national speakers association and a podcast host of the popular small business podcast square peg round hole he's a 40 under 40 recipient and a chamber small business owner of the year matt believes that the problem with small business is bananas not sure what that means just ask fortunately for you I did ask, and I really don't think you're going to be disappointed by the answer. Um, I met Matt, or Ernie and I met Matt through Frank Egan. And if you remember correctly, uh, Frank was on the podcast on episode 31, which it's extremely hard to believe. That was already 11 episodes ago. You know, when we first got on the call with Matt, we were instantly at ease. like. Right off the bat, right off the bat, Matt's cracking jokes, Matt, Matt's making us feel like we're his best friends. He doesn't feel like we're gonna see he's gonna sell us anything. And he's just it just makes sense. His his stage presence after watching several of his videos and his presence with us was just astounding. He's so genuine that I, I would be amazed if you didn't get that same feeling hearing it from your end. We spoke with Matt for close to two hours, and I think maybe an hour and 20 minutes, an hour, 30 minutes made it into the podcast. There was just so much content in this episode that, that if, you're, if you're a business owner or if you do any sort of relationship building for your career, or even if it's just something you're passionate about, I can guarantee you, you're going to get a lot out of this. We spent a lot of time discussing how we can give without expectation and what that means for business growth. We also talked about Matt's upbringing and his time at the Milton Hershey School, which I honestly wish we would have spent more time on. It was extremely inspiring, and uh, it's a great program that I I didn't know much about, uh, which helps families who are living in poverty. All that said, I don't want to spoil anything else, so please, please enjoy this truly inspiring conversation with matt
2: ward welcome to the mosaic life podcast life is an art every moment a picture painted in time the color texture lighting all context the mosaic life vision is to cast a warm glow on your masterpiece highlighting the struggle while showcasing the culmination of years of hard work
0: Join us for guided meditations, interviews with authors and leaders, and engaging conversation as we explore the depths of our consciousness.
1: You, when you can see visually, you can actually uh, create connection and conversation around the things that you see. So you're drinking water right now, but I suspect that you drink some sort of beer or wine. I can see it in the photo, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Some sort of sky picture over there on the over your left shoulder. Yeah, a weed plant or something in the middle there. I don't know what that totally. is. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Freshly harvested. It's dry. <laughs> yeah, so one of the reasons I bought Wilson was so people would say something. I love Just, it. I love it. Create yeah. a, a thing. And, like, Castaway isn't, like, my most favorite movie of all time. I think it's a great movie from what was it? The nineties probably. But, um, it's funny because it's like, I'd much, I'd, i much, I, I use that to segue into a conversation about the TV show survivor. Like, yeah, nice. Cause I love that show. Is that yeah. still on?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's okay. still on. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had their season finale a couple of weeks ago. They gave away 2 million this time.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I I haven't watched that show in years. I used to want, I used to, I used to tell myself, you know, one day, one day I'm going to be on that show. And then.
1: I think uh, we all did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've done 30 seasons, 30 or 40 seasons. And they, uh, they're still taking, taking contestants. This is uh, not going to take a fat, bald old guy. So I don't qualify. (laughs) Although Richard Hatch was on there the first time around. Mm -hmm. Jeff Probst is an incredible,
2: incredible conversationalist, Trey. I, I really think you'd appreciate it nowadays if you if you watched some of the tribal councils and things like that.
0: Maybe we should get him on the podcast.
2: Even better. Good
1: luck with that. Yeah,
0: no kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure he's not busy on CBS. Not, so. Nothing better to do. He did the uh he did the finale show from his garage and they sent him <laughs> a set like to sit in. It's the corniest thing.
0: That's incredible. That's awesome. What do you guys want to talk about today? Let's talk about, I mean the f- I'm already recording. Yeah, that's what I, you know, I I love hitting record right when our guests join, because some of the best conversation you get is before it's, you know, uh, officially underway. People tense up, people, you know, feel like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be on my best behavior performance now. So that's, I really like to get things rolling right, right off the bat. So Matt Ward, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I truly appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate being on. Yeah, Ernie, how's it going, my friend?
2: Good, man. Good, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm having a great conversation already. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, uh, Matt, uh, yeah. you uh, you and I are connected uh, via Frank Agin, uh who has <laughs> since spending don't, time... not tell anybody. Uh, that. Don't I, I tell won't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody else. Um, but since spending time uh, on the podcast with us, Frank is... I, I've known Frank for several years. We've, we've become colleagues, I guess, in the last year, but we've become friends in the last couple of months. And he's the, 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 the generosity that he shares with his network and the people he's connected to is just, it's un, it's unparalleled. And I, I really appreciate that. And it's something that I'm trying to, you know, bring into my own life. And I can only imagine that, uh, Matt, that you, you're similar to that. So I, I how do you, how do you know, Frank? Is it, I mean, is it strictly from am spirit arts. What's, what's your story with him
1: Dude, it, it totally is. So, um, he cold messaged me on LinkedIn because he wanted to be a podcast guest on my podcast, nice. but my podcast wasn't still going. It, it was on hiatus. Is that, that's probably how he ended up on your podcast. No. So <laughs> he sends me that old message in LinkedIn and just wanted to connect and I could kind of read the tea leaves. He, he kind of wanted to be on the podcast right. and that's cool. I get those requests all the time because I've never updated the end time frame job as a podcast host. It just still says to present, right? Sure. Um, because we may go back and do it again, but uh, we did two years of it. And so anyway, we started con- conversing and he invites me to be on his podcast, which I thought, well, that's cool. You know, I go on podcasts a lot, so I'll go on his podcast. And then we just built a relationship. And then from there, I invested. I became a franchisee of AmSphere Business Connections. <laughs> and uh, that was in February of 2020. And I uh, have a franchise out here in Massachusetts and am, am doing that because uh, it, it, to, but to be clear, I didn't just like randomly go from being a plumber to being a network, <laughs> a, yeah, a networking group franchisee. Right? right. So my specialty is in referrals. And that's what I I do as a professional speaker. I talk about how to get more word of mouth referrals. I wrote a book about it. And my passion is building relationships with other people and showing other people how they can build better relationships with the people in their lives, whether it's personal or professional. And so then I started kind of seeing some of the stuff Frank was posting. I was like, hey, you know, this is cool. And, and maybe it is that the big behemoth networking organizations need some competition because they're they're faltering in lots of ways. And so I said, well, let me let me bring Amsterdam to Massachusetts and let's do things a little bit differently. And so that's what we did. And I will tell you, I've experienced the same. I thought I was good about connecting people and caring about people. And I wrote a book about it. But Frank is like, it's like next level. Con- yeah, it's yeah. like ne- it's like on steroids. It's like <laughs> and it's never ending. And I don't even I don't completely understand how he compartmentalizes to make sure that he prioritizes the people he's thinking about. I don't know what systems he has in place to do that. I know my brain is not perfect. I have to create reminders, whether it's a post-it note or a CRM system or some sort of note-taking system or something to remind me to connect other people. In fact, I often tell people, Trey, that that, uh, there's no shame in reminding me to connect you with your ideal referral source. Because the minute you do that, I'm going to go off and do it. Yeah that's what i do but i'm very forgetful in other ways cuz i meet so many people yeah so well
0: that's great and before I, I i want to and i'm sure ernie does as well i want to talk a lot about your, 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 uh, your speaking profession, uh, being in front of, uh, groups of people, audiences and engaging with them. But there's something I want to do that I haven't done before. Um, generally at the end of our podcast, we will ask guests what their most life-changing book was. And, you know, we, we have since started warning guests about that ahead of time, which we, we asked you and your book was never eat alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And I read that last week and in regard to what you just said, that is one of the most incredible books I have ever read. The way he handles and treats his network and the the, the generosity he has with it, mind-blowing and, and life-changing, and I things that I have already started implementing. So thank you for turning me on to that, first of all.
1: Uh, it was extremely Dude, I can't Dude, I can't even tell you right now, I have goosebumps. I have total chills that... You went and got that book and read that book.
0: It was great. It was great. It was fantastic. I, I he's got. I think he. I think I saw he's got a second edition. This first edition is a little bit outdated in regard to the technology, but yeah, it, everything in regard to his principles stands up completely.
1: Let me tell you something too. The first edition is the one I read. It's the one I buy. It's the one I give out.
0: Okay, good. Right.
1: To know. So if anybody ever does a Zoom with me, I you know my bookshelf on my office has uh, copies of of books that are all the same color. Because I keep color, I keep multiple copies of the same books to give out to people, and the orange books that I have on my bookshelf in my office are all Keith Ferrazzi's "Never Eat Alone" first edition. I love it, and and I buy them on Amazon and eBay. I here's a here's a beautiful hack. I wish I I wish I knew you were going to read it. I would have mailed you a copy, dude. Oh, it's all for good. real. It's all good. So here that's what I do, right? But here, so here's the thing. Here's the hack, folks. You find a book that you absolutely love, you believe in, that's changed your life. Hopefully, it's Matt Ward's more word of mouth referrals. But if it's not, (laughs) it might be one of Frank's books or somebody else's. Could be Keith Ferrazzi. And you go to eBay. And there's a lot of used books that are for sale on eBay and um, what you can do is look for these books that are like under $4, right? And it's like libraries or nonprofits that they use this as a fundraising arm. So they sell these books for like four bucks a piece, right, hardcover books. Now they're used, right. so when they come into you, by the way, that includes shipping a lot of times because they'll mail it to you like media mail. Yeah. When the book comes, you just thumb through it. Make sure there's not a lot of writings, no writings in it, no highlighting, and stuff like that. Hey, if there's any of that stuff, you just throw it away. Fine, it was four bucks. But most of them are pristine condition because they came out of libraries. So you might have to take um, some some small barcode stickers off or a a wrap jacket or something, and they're in pristine condition. And then when you talk about the book to other people and they perk up, you mail them a copy of the book. And so I did that a couple of weeks ago with this uh, contact of mine named Misty McGee in uh, California. And I mailed her a copy of Unthink, a creative book by Eric Wall. And, 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 if anybody's had a, a one-to-one with me on Zoom or whatever, that's all the white books that are on my bookshelf, right? And so that came out. It's all about sparking the creativity, right? It's called Unthink. And it's about thinking differently and having creativity in your business. And uh, so I sent it to her and then she went all over every social media channel and posted pictures of it, like doing, using filters, you know, that people use on like Instagram and stuff. Yeah. She put that on LinkedIn Facebook and everywhere else. People love that when you care about them and you show up in their lives. And that's, that's what Keith Ferrazzi's book taught, taught me was to, to give without the whole concept around never eat alone is built around this idea that if you have to eat meals, you might as well share them and break bread with other people, learn about them and build out your network. But what I took away from it was to give without the expectation of getting anything in return. And it's a habit. It takes time. It takes effort. But on every keynote, stage I stand on across America. When I speak, I talk about never eat alone. I think Keith should pay me, <laughs> but I literally show a picture of me at a reservoir that I happened to have taken that day, posted on social media at the time that I was reading this great book. I was probably halfway through it. And when I started my professional speaking career, I went back to my Facebook timeline and found the photo. Nice. And then I put it in the talk. Yeah. Game changer for me, guys. Game changer.
2: Man, it's it's really great to sit with you and and to just like share time with you. You're, you're charismatic, uh, and and from what I've learned about you and in this in this conversation so far, I've felt a lot of genuine care from you as well. Uh, is that is that just who you've been born to be, or is that something that you've cultivated? This you know this uh, ability to be with people, make them feel good, and then and then leave and do something to, to impact their life. I'm sure you impact their life while you're yeah. with them as well. But.
1: So back in 73, when I was born, I came out of the womb, handing out candy to everybody. No, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this, I wish I could say this is how I was born, Yeah, but it's not, it's yeah. not. It is a learned skill. And here's the interesting part of the whole thing. As I got older, I think we all do this right as we get older we look back on our lives who has impacted us in ways and in positive ways and negative ways right for me it happened to be the guy that created the chocolate bar Milton Hershey right he and his wife couldn't have kids and in 1909 he put his entire fortune away for disadvantaged kids and he built an orphanage in Hershey no one knows about this right the funds that that the people pay for Hershey's chocolate, the produce profits for the company go to this thing called the Dita Trust, which actually funds a school of over 2,500 disadvantaged kids from kindergarten through 12th grade that go there completely free of charge. Still? It's a, yes, still. Wow. Private private boarding school. When you graduate from that school now, you get um, $90,000 to go to college.
0: Jeez.
1: Right? Wow. It's a game changer. And I know about that because I attended that school. Mm hmm. And so I spent seven years at that school, graduated, and I wear my high school class ring on my ring finger every single day of my life to remind me of that. Now, interestingly enough, when I'm in my 20s, you know, I'm out there going to bars, chasing ladies, doing all the wrong things, right? But as we get older, we start to look back at what has impacted us and what's shaped our, our lives, the things we've learned, the things we've understood, And giving back was a core component of Milton Hershey. And I take that very seriously because I'm the youngest of three boys, the first to graduate high school, and the only one not to go to prison. Wow. That school changed my life. And I feel a debt of gratitude, not just to the people at the school, my classmates I went to school with, my own family. I feel a debt of gratitude to just about everybody I ever come in contact with, that If, if, if I can stop taking from everybody, if I can stop trying to sell them my service, my business services, my, you know, my knowledge or whatever, and instead I just find ways to show up and be helpful. Right. So when the pandemic hit, I just said, okay, I lost all my speaking gigs. What can I do now? I'll do a bunch of free webinars and I'll give them away. And that's what I started doing. I started doing group Zoom calls for people, not charging anybody. Hey, come on in. Let's do networking. Let's let's um, let's 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 help this industry. So I do I do some work in the vacation rental industry. Right. So I stood up this weekly night, um, Tuesday night call called the roundtable. And the first time we did it, we had like four people in it. And now it's growing, right? Because people are starting to hear about it and we don't charge for it. We just get on and we're trying to help people get more bookings and figure out what they're going to do with their business and navigate the payroll protection program. And I don't have knowledge in any of that stuff. I know I'm good in a number of things, but if I can just give without that expectation of getting anything in return, you know, it helps. And it is a learned skill. Um, What I tell people from the stage is, As you start to implement this type of policy in your life, you will constantly think, when's my turn? And you need to know that there's nothing wrong with thinking that. The challenge comes in acting upon it, right? So I even think it to this day. I've been doing, giving away free stuff for two months. And I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to pay my mortgage? I mean, I'll figure it out. I pay my mortgage. I'm all right. But if you'd like to send a check, the address is on my website. (laughs) So here's (laughs) here's the thing, though. Like, I'm, I'm fine, right? But there are times when I think, well, when's my turn? It's just when you when you voice that to somebody else, it comes across way differently. Right. So we just don't act in that way. And instead, we just show as much gratitude and effort as feasibly possible to help other people out. And they will, in turn, return the favor to you. It's the reciprocity effect. We are, as humans, built that way. So it's a learned skill. You got to practice it. It's like people that believe in meditation or gratitude or or a prayer, or whatever it might be, it, it, we know that at the end of the day we're going to our turn's going to come. Yeah. Just believe it. Yeah. Beautiful, man.
0: So Matt in um in regard to Should we turn get- that into
1: a country song, by the way? We
0: should. We should. And uh, Ernie's a musician. So Ernie you on top of
1: that, right? On it. <laughs> we need a little ditty there, Ernie.
2: Right. <laughs> I missed what part that we would turn into the song, the whole it's thing. thing.
1: It'd be a strong hook in there or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Matt, so I, I was, I was watching your sizzle reel on your website and in regard to giving without expectation, uh, you told a story about a rental property in the big 10 network. And as simple as it may seem, that is, it's, there's such a strong business lesson in there. So I'm I'm hoping that you wouldn't mind sharing that story here and maybe providing a little bit of additional context because it's, it's extremely important lesson that not only business owners, but just individuals can learn as well.
1: Sure. So, um, I happen to be a vacation rental owner myself, which is how I ended up doing some work in the industry and speaking for four different conferences. And, um, as a vacation rental owner, I bought I bought a property, a small town home in Fort Myers, right near Sanibel Island in 2015. It was a foreclosure property. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I had been a r- real estate, you know, owner before both single family and sort, sort of long-term rentals, but I would never done short-term, less than 30 days, you know, things like five, six, seven nights, stuff like that. And so uh, ultimately what happened was is is You know, we list on the typical sites, Airbnb, HomeAway, et cetera, and we start to get our guest inquiries. And this guy, uh, Jed, books for March of the following year. And so when Jed booked, he, you know, at the time, I don't know any better, but come about a month in advance, uh, Jeff happens to be from Michigan and he reaches out and he says, hey, do you happen to have the Big Ten network? And I'm like, what's that? And I start to think, it's not Wi-Fi, right? It's not a network Wi-Fi. So I do a quick Google search. I realize it's a channel because on the East Coast, we don't get the Big Ten network, right? We're not in that section of the United States, or so to speak. Right. Uh, I had a feeling it was a sports network, but I wasn't sure. And uh, Comcast said I didn't have it. And so now I had to decide on what, what my options were. Right. So this guy spends, you know, a whole month at my property and he wants to watch basketball. Why? Because it's March Madness. And if you're a Big Ten fan of any sports team in the Big Ten, you want to watch. You want to watch March Madness. Turns out Jed's a huge University of Michigan Wolverine basketball fan. And this comes up through conversation, through messages on the platform and also through phone calls. So I decide, okay, what can I do? I'm, I, you know, Comcast is going to charge me $10 to add the network. Fine. I can charge Jed $10. I think that's kind of crude. So I just say, hey, you know, I've added the network. I want to let him know that I'm over delivering, right? So I tell him, I let him, you know, I'm adding the network. It was $10, but no no worries. Don't worry about it. And then uh, I decide, okay, I'm going to tell him about Gatorbytes, which is a, a sports bar down the street that actually. Is focused on um, Michigan teams, Detroit specifically, Detroit like in you know, Michigan teams. So they put all the sports channels on, like Detroit Lions and and the uh, you know all the ba- you know baseball stuff and football stuff. And uh, so they're gonna play that. So I say to him, hey, by the way, if you want to go down and meet some other Michigan fans, you know, go to Gatorbites and and they'll, uh, you know, you'll meet some other fans. And I feel like that's extra information. That's kind of over delivering. Yeah. And so at that point, I'm like, all right, you know, I did something nice, wave 10 bucks, but I also kind of gave him some information that's kind of over-delivering. I think I'm good here. And then I thought, nah, I got to do one more better. And I just, it just takes a little bit of thought to come up with something that's unique. So what I did was um, locally here in Massachusetts, so, uh, one of my girlfriend's friends was taking these small cutting boards from like Michael's and she was wood burning into them. So I called her up and said, Hey Marie, can you, can you make me a custom cutting board? She said, uh, absolutely. So I said, here's what I want. I want, um, I want the basketball court on there with like the foul lines and the three point lines. She's like the what? She's no idea what I'm talking about. So I get a picture, Google picture or whatever. And I show it to her. She goes, yeah, no problem. I got it. But she get delivers me this cutting board. And i ship it down to jed and i'm telling you this way the thing she painted it the colors of the university of michigan wolverines it had the big blazing m right on the the middle of that basketball court it had the color of the foul lines it had everything right and uh shipped it down there and immediately jed is calling me like he cannot believe that i shipped him a cutting board and I don't know if Jed will ever use that to cut anything. (laughs) I don't think that matters, right? Maybe he's going to put cheese on it and cut it. I don't know. I think he's going to put a nail in the wall and hang it up it's And then he'll never forget who gave it to him.
0: You know, even as an Ohio State fan, I will say you showed it in the video, and it was it was beautiful. Uh, it was it was extremely thoughtful. I,
1: I, can, I have I have one here. I can show it to you right now. Yes, yes, I carry it with me everywhere I go. It's the story I tell from stage. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, you talk about Frank. You know, Frank lives in Ohio and is not an Ohio State fan. I did not know that. I didn't know that about Frank. Guess I'll where think. Frank is from?
0: Is he from Michigan?
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't mm. from Michigan. It's gonna
0: it's gonna change our relationship a little bit.
1: Well cool, no, <laughs> it's gonna make it better because you're gonna get him a Michigan cutting board. Yeah, there you yeah.
0: go. <laughs> I'm going to have to soon enough with uh with all the incredible people, yourself included, uh, that he's introducing us to. So.
2: so so Matt, what's the what's most important in your life right now? What are you most focused on?
1: Mm. At this moment uh in your life in general
2: yeah and yeah, and
1: yeah. yeah. No, So, like um so for me like i'm at the point now where i want to work with awesome people right and I, I think in in business life we've all had those challenging clients the ones we take on because we needed the money to get the company going mm-hmm. i'm writing my my next book called the high five effect which is how to do business with people that bring us joy and i think as business owners even sales reps for businesses as people, we need to surround ourselves with people that just make us smile, you know, and it's, it's, it has to be less about the money and more about the relationship. And for me, um, you know, I'm pretty selective when it comes to the type of people I'm willing to work with. Um, You know, there are times where I'll set up calls with people and if they don't show up for the call, I don't let them reschedule. Yeah. Like your time is not more important than my time. We had an agreed upon time. Like that's a, a big thing in my life. Right. And so yes, lots of things come up and I get it. A lot of things are more important. I'm not going to debate that, but, uh, I just want to be able to work with people that, that are fun to work with. And I firmly believe we should have the type of clients that we want to invite over to our house for a cookout. And that's not by the way, like it has no, I say clients, but really contact. It's just people we know, right. In mm-hmm. my first book, I never even used the word clients. Like I, the book is riddled with the the C word, which is contacts. Yeah. Right. It's all about who we meet. Like, so Frank isn't a con- a client of mine. He's a contact, right? And so we can hang out with contacts all day long and they connect us with more and more and more people. And, you know, if he was closer, I'd invite him over for a cookout. I'd make him bring the meat and the beer. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of
2: course. Yeah. You know, I've, I've found a lot of value w- moving from, so I, I've been coaching for a few years and, and in, in the beginning it was following systems, like watching the videos and doing what these people are saying to do and maybe meeting people and doing what they think I should do. And, you know, and that, and that's great because it brought me to it gave me a lot of information. But then when I took myself to the point of, do I want to do this thing? Or do I want to do this thing? Do I want to talk to that person? Or do I want to talk to that person and actually take myself into account? I've, I've enjoyed my time so much more. It's not like enjoying my time with my family, enjoying lunch. Uh, And then I got that call with so-and-so I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll do a quick meditation and fall in love with it or whatever. But, uh, it's had a significant impact on my life and I've just been running that filter of do I want to be doing this and through through the people I meet, through the people I spend time with, dedicate time to, and, and I'm much more willing to, to give an hour and a half to somebody rather than, you know, have some type of structure around it because I love spending time with them. It's been a really profound shift for me. So I appreciate mm-hmm. what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, if... <clears throat> It's interesting that we say that because if we create anxiety around our lives between the people we have to talk to, then we should we we just shouldn't be spending our time on that.
2: Because
1: right. mm-hmm. I think it's manifested itself in another way. I was talking to a coach earlier this morning and um, we we're talking about our different businesses. And she's like, okay, do you have a plan, like a roadmap you walk people through? And I'm like, nope. It's incredibly custom. Let me tell you how I work. I have these like modules, right? So I have everything that I could pull from off the shelf, right? I've got a warehouse of information that people could use, but everybody's different. So when it comes to, for instance, when it comes to uh, relationships and referrals, you might already have a customer relationship management system. So I'm not gonna walk you through a, 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 a process that defines whether or not that's working for you. Or you should have a different one. I'm going to work within the existing confines of what you're able to do. The last thing I need to do is create more anxiety for you as my client. Because you have to go through my process. What I need to do is adapt to what you're currently doing. Because if I attempt to get you to create uh, relationships with 500 people, it's going to completely fail. Mm. Right. What I need you to do instead is ask your simple question. Okay, great. Are you sending handwritten thank you cards of any kind, any handwritten note cards of any kind, any given month? If the answer is yes, I'll say, How many? Oh, I send about 10. My response is, Do you think maybe we could do 20? No, that's too much. Okay. How about 15? My job is to ensure that we're doing more of the right things and less of the wrong things as we move forward. And we slowly get there. We eat the elephant one bite at a time. I know looking at me, you probably think I ate the whole elephant rather quickly because I'm a big dude. But at the end of the day, it's one bite at a time. It took me a long time to get to this weight.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, You know, I'm thinking of like meeting people where they are. And another point that you made in a couple of the, the videos I was watching, prior to us, uh, having you on, uh, listening, man, like in order to actually, you know, meet somebody where, where they are and in order to pull from your, your stockpile to give them the right thing, it really takes that other skill, which is like, um, like serving people is a, is, well, for me was a learned skill. Was it the same for you? Something you had to habituate? Oh
1: so, yeah. You know, I talk about listening and, and it's super, super hard. I you know? <laughs> have a post-it note. I have a post-it note on my computer monitor. It says, listen first, listen again, then speak. Because I am an interrupter. Like, that's what I do because I'm a creative guy. Because as I said, by by the way, I said before that I went to a boarding school, lived in a home with 16 other boys and had a very difficult time getting a word in edgewise. So when I have an idea, I go, oh, 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 there's the Mm -hmm. idea. And I just just shove it into the conversation. Like I talk about this sometimes when I have one of the first things I'll do with a client is say, oh, by the way, I have this problem. I'm working on it. I work on it hard, but I just want to make you aware of it. It's not that I'm trying to cut you off. I have a great idea and it just blurts out you know so it's uh it's a challenge sometimes i am far from perfect um but i'm working toward it every day right one small step as james earl jones said just putting one foot in front of the other i can
0: yeah. hear him say that in his voice.
1: Make his- progress every day yeah yeah Yeah. and And that's just how i've always looked at my business life my professional life my i'm the worst organized person like i have papers all over my desk you know i'm not that prototypical lawyer in a movie that's got the stacks of papers but uh I'll, i'll never forget that uh, I, had a, I had an assistant come in one time and like an organizer type person to help me get organized. I said, OK, I'm going to hire an organizer. Help me get my office organized. And I uh, had to kind of go through a questionnaire type of thing. Like they, she was just asking me before she came in. OK, so you have papers on your desk? Yeah. OK, do you have papers on your floor? I went, no, I didn't know you could do that. But by the time <laughs> you come in, papers on my floor you're you're hiring
2: her worked out well you got new places later, to put I,
1: things. <laughs> I had papers on the floor I'm like that's a genius idea I should have used the floor before <laughs> <laughs> so um and I have new systems to help me with that stuff but I'm still not great at it so I just I, I struggle with things and like a lot of people do I have a relationship with the refrigerator every day and uh Struggle with that too, right? You, do you know, put papers so. in there. What's that? No, there's not papers. In <laughs> no, there. no, there's, there's paper wrappers in between the cheese slices. In there, yeah, all day. Yeah.
2: I mean, what do you what do you do to keep yourself moving forward, man? What what kind of uh, like like uh, um, how do you recalibrate in your life when you're you know when you're leaning one so direction?
1: I to ATV. I haven't done it in a long time. I have a side by side ATV. Drive that thing through the woods in New Hampshire and Maine. I have come up with some of the most fantastic creative ideas mm-hmm. riding by side by side in the woods. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a happy place. I put the music on, I have Bluetooth connected, um, and, uh, and I'll spend eight or ten hours. We'll, we'll ride over 100 miles of trails in a given day. Yeah, and uh, and when I do that, it's great. And I you know I was able to take it out to Idaho. A friend drove it. I was the smart one. I flew, um, but uh, you know that that is a happy place. Um, I like to I like to relax a little bit. I like to travel. You know, I had a I had a big bucket list trip planned for this summer, summer of twenty twenty to go to South Africa and do one of those photo safaris.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, got canceled due to coronavirus. The flights got canceled. So I'll have to push that out. But yeah, I like to, you know, I like to do some of that stuff. And um, that helps me clear my mind too. And, and usually when I, when I sit still, which I don't do very often, I'm not a very sort of sit still and think kind of person. But when I do, it, things start to clear things out. I have a habit that I'll sometimes, when things start to feel anxious or a lot going on, um i'll jump in my hot tub for a while right and and there's something about i don't know if it's the sound of the motor in there or the way the water works or the heat of the water or the sun it's definitely not the sun because sometimes i literally do this at five in the morning the sun's not up but it something about that is your creative process and i think for a lot of people you just you got to find what works for you right you know mm-hmm creativity standpoint and when i say creativity i'm not talking about designing websites and brochures and being a designer so to speak in a creative way like that i think creativity is about solving problems you know and so when i owned an agency for 16 years it was okay i've got this staffing issue or i've got this bottleneck here or i've got this problem with sales or or i'm the problem Most of the time I was the problem, you know, where I'm interjecting myself into the process and I shouldn't be doing that. And sometimes when you when you when you get more still about things, you can think them through and uh, and it produces a very, you know, uh, the environment in which you're in creates an opportunity that allows some of those juices to flow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so i'm definitely not the kind of guy that gets an idea from working out not happening
0: so matt you and i have similar backgrounds um in that I, too? I, I love pizza i love pizza i love pizza pizza is fantastic um what's uh I, this is completely derailing me but what what's your go-to pizza out <laughs> in, in boston my go-to pizza
1: big yeah. mac pizza, from big mac the pizza. Street, okay. they don't deliver on uber eats so nice try i appreciate that <laughs> um uh, yeah, pepperoni, and yeah. mushroom, that was the other one. Nice. That sounds awesome.
0: Anyway, so I, I, a couple of years ago, I went off on my own. I'm a web designer. That That is what I do full time. That's how I make my money. But especially in the last two weeks since reading Never Eat Alone, I've tried to figure out how I can add more value to my network and do so in a way that isn't salesy obviously but you know just be able to beef it up not necessarily expand it but make sure that i am the person that people can come to when they when they need something and i just because we have that similar background how did you make that transition you know not everybody needs or wants a new website so how do you yeah. get your face in front of somebody and say hey listen i my passion is networking my passion is being a super connector as keith put it how do you do that without the the misintent or the miscommunication of saying, Hey, I want to sell you a website.
1: Okay. So that's a great question. The very first thing you do is in the messaging to actually have the zoom meeting. Uh, ver- I'll call it virtual networking. Cause that's what everybody's doing right now. Yeah. Outside of virtual meeting, it's one-to-one coffees, right? Yeah. Uh, cause that keeps the waistline a little trimmer than the lunches. So here's the thing. It's all in the messaging. The very first message you put out to the individual, if I'm going to do this with Ernie, I'm going to say, hey, Ernie, um, lots of changes has been going on in the world. I've been setting up these one-to-one virtual um, connection meetings and love to learn more about what you're doing and share with you what I'm up to. Can we schedule time? Hey, Ernie says yes, and I send him my calendar link to schedule time. Boom, done. If I do that 50 times, I'm going to get 42 to 44 connection requests because I'm not selling anything. Right. I'm very clear. I'm networking and I want to learn about them. And when I get into the call, I need to ask them questions before they ask me questions. Make it about them. Then ask them follow-up questions once you listen to the answers. Yeah. And you end their, the questioning of them with, who can I introduce you to? When they say it's their ideal client, you, you just redirect them back into their ideal referral source. Yeah. Right. And then when you get off the call, and by the way, before you get off the call, let them know who your ideal referral source is. So I'm going to tell you who that is, Trey. Yeah. Because I was in the web world. Please. It's an IT service provider. Yes. Anybody that does computers yes. is, the, is, your, is your number one referral go to source. And and so. Before you get off the call, you just say, yeah, any introduction to an IT guy would be fantastic. And anybody, you know, that does break, fix, computer repair, manage IT, that would be awesome. So then you get off the call and the very first thing you do before you do anything else is you find that person that they needed an introduction to. So if they're a realtor and they ask you for a mortgage person, get into your contact database and get a mortgage person yeah. and make that connection. Make that connection within five to 10 minutes. I've been telling people schedule a 30 minute call and end the call at twenty or twenty-five minutes so that you have the remaining time in that 30 minute block to make that introduction. I was so good at doing this before before virtual that the head of the chamber called me one day and said, Do you know anybody that does websites? That's incredible. I was like, dude, what about me? (laughs) We do that. Like that. I didn't even tell like I wasn't even telling people what I actually did. Um, I had a call, I had a, I had a a LinkedIn connection request the other day. My initial response back was, it was a realtor. And I said, Hey, thanks for connecting. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to meet a mortgage person or somebody that would be an ideal referral source for you, let me know. And I'll take a look at my database. She said, I'm all set with my mortgage. Do you know an architect or a contractor? I said, I don't know an architect, but I do know a contractor. Let me work on the contractor for you. I'll get that for you soon. And 20 minutes later, I show up to an Am- Am Spirit mass meeting. They got a visitor who's an architect. Nice. I connected them and I made it clear, by the way, in the email. Hey, I met Alexandra on LinkedIn yesterday. Hey, I met so-and-so in the AmSpirit group this morning. I've not known either one of you 24 hours, but you guys are perfect referral sources Have a conversation, have at it. I'm now the connector. And that's the place you want to be. And that's exactly what you're asking about, Trey. You just have to intentionally find ways to connect people. And you have to listen. I was on another call where it was like one of those calls where it was on Zoom. It was like 40 people and everybody got a minute to talk about who they were. Right. They decided, hey, we're going to take a a page out of Matt Ward's playbook this week. So instead of saying who your ideal client is, say who your ideal referral source is. And I'm thinking, oh, you guys are genius. Like they read my book, right? They actually bought my book, read my book. They saw what it said. So they start going down. I start writing what they want. Somebody says, I would like to meet a financial advisor. They're a great referral source. He's a college planner. Do you know how many financial advisors I know? Like, that guy was flooded with connections. Right, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Right? Great referral sources. It's not my job to identify one or two that would be perfect for him. It's his job to vet that out, and it's their job to vet him out. These are just connections. They're not to do business. They're to refer their clients. So that college planning guy, I think, got five introductions. And do you know, check this out. 3 days later he connects me to a chamber of commerce to do a webinar. Boom,
0: that's incredible.
1: Solid. I didn't even ask for that.
0: You know, hey, going back to the very beginning of this conversation, like probably before we officially got started, we were talking about how much more powerful it is to have somebody on video because you can really you can you can get that intent behind their voice by looking at their facial cues and even i even as i'm glancing over my other screen i can hear the excitement and the enjoyment in your face that when you talk about connecting people and you know part of what our mission as a podcast is and we're still growing we're still learning is to help people better themselves help people enjoy their lives to the fullest extent and just hearing that true passion and happiness behind what you do day in and day out it's it's infectious and it's something that I strive and I I know Ernie strives for every single day. So really, thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Let's do the enjoy conference. I don't know. I just made that up. (laughs) We need stuff like that, right? We need, we need more pony Robins at the lower level, right? We need more of that passion in life and, and, uh, just, we just need to spread more friggin' joy. I agree, yeah, it would yeah. solve so many more problems in this world.
2: I met a man last year. <clears throat> Preston smiles. Um, if you guys are familiar with him, uh, he's a coach. he's a speaker and uh, and his whole story of his life, is his business, his life, his relationship, it all turned around when he started scheduling an hour of joy every day. So into into every single day, one hour of doing something that would bring him joy, skateboarding, whatever, you know, just one thing. And he said his whole life shifted from that place.
1: Mm. I could see it.
2: Yeah, I could see it. <clears throat> yeah. I wish I did that. Skateboard. Well, it sounds like you do it a lot, man. Well, skateboard, maybe I don't know, but no, but uh, I don't it, sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like
1: skateboard. It sounds like you have that. I mean. I have that mindset, but I don't, I don't part, you know, what, what's interesting about that is that, you know, what brings me joy is people. So it's funny because I have, I do, I'm guessing I do 40 zooms a week. Now, some of them are group, right? Some of them are podcasts. Some of them are one-to-ones, you know, I think today I had three one-to-ones, uh, two Spirit groups, this podcast, um, I have another networking group later this evening, another one-to-one later tonight. Yeah, so like that's how I find joy is with people, especially when I can't be in person, which is tough. Super tough these days.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit more about your, you know, on stage uh, holding conferences and I know we don't have that opportunity right now and I, I want to dig into this specifically because as this podcast grows, we have an interest in coming out into the real world. Now, in person speaking is not something that either Ernie or myself has done a whole lot of. So making that transition for you, Matt, from, you know, working the agency you own full time to getting uh, being a part of the, um, oh shoot, the, the National Speaking Organization, whatever that is called. What did that transition look like for you? How, how did you just decide one day, hey, I want to get on stage and inspire people?
1: Um, uh, I, back in 2011, I had a client who had a leadership breakfast locally and they hired a professional speaker at the time. I didn't know it was a professional speaker. He came in, he talked about creativity. His name was Eric wall and, uh, started following him and became friends with him and, uh, still stay in touch to this day. He's been a great advisor and mentor to me. I didn't even know it was a thing that you could make money doing this, and uh, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do that. Uh, like, that's cool." And uh, and so that's that's what I set my path on. And then it as it turns out, when I had the agency, you know, I was in the partner program with uh, Constant Contact email marketing, and uh, it uh, I I was on their like local speaking team or whatever and so what i would do is i would speak at chambers and i would do a lot of them for business development but it ended up i became their number three partner in the country oh wow um, because I nice. just did a lot of it <clears throat> so i think that you know i got i got bit by the bug so to speak and then i just started looking at a path of how i could get to the next level with that and uh you know, that's I just I, I think it was intentionality at the end of the day. Is that your primary business? In uh, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it was. it
2: was my that's, primary. That's business. Funny. How funny. Yeah, I didn't. Pre-COVID, um,
1: right. <laughs> 2019 was my first full year doing it. I did 36 gigs across 35, 36 gigs across the country, cities I'd never been to in my life. I was in New Orleans twice in five days which was really cool. Um, I'd never been there, so that was awesome. But, uh, you know, and I was in Vegas, which I've been many at times. Um, but when COVID-19 hit, uh, the professional speaking business dried up completely. I mean, it went, it went virtual. Um, But those to be perfectly honest with you, those that have had success virtual are the people that have been doing this for 10 plus years, because they have a number of clients and my clients were associations, conference, conferences, trade shows. So they're not running. So they're not, they're not, they're not hiring. (laughs) You know, um, I have done some virtual presentations. I've been talks to do that but yeah not, not not that is no longer my primary source of revenue for me it's it's the consulting and am spirit and uh and and other things um you know facebook marketplace ebay <laughs> You know, yeah, anything solid. I could list. I sold my bedspread last night on give Facebook. Plasma. Marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't no. even know yeah, if they're doing him, that now, though. Give him plasma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going into the hospital anytime soon. Yeah. yeah so, um, but, you know, I'm resilient. I- I'm scrappy. I- I've got a lot of grit, and it's where I came from, you know, not having much in my life and kind of building it up. And I'm not too concerned about it in a few years, if this continues on, I'll be a little bit more concerned, but right now, um, yeah, you know, I've always dabbled in real estate as well. So I think that's another uh, avenue. I think a lot of people can be thinking about, um, that doesn't generally get hit by situations like pandemics. Um, I mean, if you're, if you own a property and you're renting it long-term, then you could have an issue there collecting rent, depending on who your tenants are. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, Generally speaking, and I'm not a, a financial advisor, or a wealth advisor, or a real estate advisor, but generally speaking, real estate does well in situational like this. I just heard a story today um, that a lady took a, a real estate agent, took a booking, a listing, hasn't even hit the MLS system yet. And she sent it to six other agents who thought that they might have buyers, right? Right. And before it even hit the system, they had two offers. Jeez. Nice. So it's it's a seller's market, right? And there's a lot of people who don't want to rent in apartment buildings anymore. They want to buy houses. And so there's a lot of challenges with, uh, you know, with that. And so if you are if you can be a landlord and get to a spot where you're comfortable and you can run a good business, that's a great, another great place to diversify for sure. A lot, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of business owners I talk to, so I have a mastermind group in the speaking world all four of us, all four of us have additional properties in some form or fashion that we rent out. And I discovered that like last month.
0: That's so. incredible. All right. So I, I, I do want to ask you, because I, I saw this written in several places, and for the life of me, I couldn't find the answer to it. And, and you you prodded me to ask you, why is the problem with small business bananas? <laughs>
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, finally you asked me. You know the problem the problem with small business is bananas, in fact, because when we think about small business and marketing as a whole, you know, we walk into a room and we start handing out bananas. And we don't know if the person is hungry, is afraid of the color of yellow, is allergic to a banana, doesn't eat bananas? Wouldn't it be nice if we had a conversation? Right. With Ernie before we've shoved a banana in his face?
0: Yeah. Because it's well, kind of well, rude,
1: isn't it? But maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie, do you like bananas? I do. Yeah. Are you hungry? Not hungry. So see that simple line of questioning there determines whether or not he should be offered a banana, right? Right, right. And the problem in small businesses, is we do that with our business cards. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah we absolutely do we, we shove them in people's faces like we're like we're club promoters we that's all we we want to know what people can do for us instead of what we can do for them
1: for anybody that realizes or anybody that has ever been to las vegas oh god and walked down the street right yeah you know what it's like for people to shove stuff in your hands that you do not want
0: i mean you know sometimes the 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 imagery on those cards isn't You know, too bad, but yeah, I get, I get, I get the point. This is true. Yeah,
1: as my friend says, he collects a Donna and a Giselle and a (laughs) Mandy, right? (laughs) (laughs) He he takes them home as trading cards and plays. Um, No, and that's 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 the that's the problem. Is it's so interesting? As consumers, we love to buy things. Yeah, we love to buy things, but we absolutely despise being sold to. Absolutely. I mean, we don't like our we call it spam when somebody sends us a simple solicitation email I and mean, you think about it from a sales perspective on your end, if you're doing cold emailing, by the way, there's nothing illegal about cold emailing right It's actually not spam right it's right. prospect emailing right and there's nothing illegal about it. It's illegal if you don't have an opt out and you send them another one after they don't want it yeah right they need the ability to opt out. But at the end of the day, we just think of it like this really bad thing. And the same goes for the business card at networking events. And we want to build relationships on the fact that we're okay with the fact that Ernie likes bananas, but he's not hungry right now. Not hungry right now. Now, he could say, I'll take that banana and eat it later when I am hungry. Probably a smart move. Because in a pandemic, maybe bananas won't be around very long. Right? (laughs) Yeah. But the same goes for a business card. Hey, Trey, I don't need a website right now, but I might in the future. Let me take your card. There's got to be a need there. Yeah. And we're ruining small business by just literally plastering our business cards all over everything. Probably one of the better things that's happened with virtual networking and the Zoom networking stuff is that people aren't in a position to collect business cards
0: i was just thinking i can't remember the last time i gave out a business card and i don't know if that makes me happy or sad i mean really
1: yeah have you been on a zoom yet where you got into a one-to-one and they were all just trying to sell you i know i have not been on a one
0: uh, aside from uh, you know a connected prospect for websites no i have not been on just like a, a cold uh, zoom mm-hmm. call um, but no, really that, that metaphor is so on point. And I'm curious if you think people do that because they're just purely ignorant to the better ways of doing it, or they just, they don't care. They, they, know it's a numbers game. And if they harass a hundred people, maybe, you know, getting two or three will make their quarter or their month or whatever.
1: I think it's both hundred percent. I think it's both. Right. So I think that there are people that don't know any better yeah that they think that that's the way to market because they haven't been shown any other way and then there are people that believe it's a numbers game and they don't care yeah. their their position is you know what i've got 500 cards i need to get them out at this trade show i'm going to push them out and if they throw them away they throw them away this doesn't even cost me a penny to give out these business cards so i'm gonna get them out yeah um and i think you know that's. Uh, that's a mistake.
2: What do you? What do you? When when networking events are happening, uh, when you attend these, what's your what's your um, what's your move? Like, how do you maneuver through these events? Because, man, I, I got sick and tired of them very very quickly. Uh, it, you know, it's it's so fast paced and it's like quick to the point. What do you do? Two sentences later, it's the business card, and mm-hmm. then they're. De- next person and it's just like uh, i'm done with that shit and yeah. so like when you go to something like that what what kind of stance i guess or approach
1: do you take when you're when you're in a room like that? it's super casual right super casual i'm just the first thing i try to do is find some people that i'm familiar with i've seen before and just say hey, hello you know the weather thing the small talk thing just reconnecting and i'll introduce myself to some other people or if if we're two of us are standing together by the bar or something and the third walks up i just open up my stance and welcome them in hey what do you do that's it it's a hey what do you do thing you know but you got to build a relationship over time right so you i mean it's a different story if i come on this podcast and within two minutes of talking to you guys i'm like hey listen so you guys need some help networking and referrals let's have a conversation right right instead i on here an hour you know that's a different story you build a relationship and so you can't assume that that's going to happen in a networking environment when you're lucky if the thing only lasts an hour or two mm-hmm. and you're working around the entire room right because your goal there is to find one or two or three people that you can have a further conversation with and hopefully it's more about meeting the ideal referral source right so in trey's case it's the you know it's the it's the it provider. In your case, it might be another coach. It's about understanding who refers who in your business, right? So when you why so what was the real issue with the networking when you went? It was just like were you being pitched, or as like we say, we like like we like to say pitch slapped. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess
2: the um, and I, and I don't have an issue with it now. More of just interest in what in what your. Um, mm-hmm what your perspective is. um, I had, I had a low tolerance for, and I still do. I have a low tolerance for when I sense a persona or sense. like this, this, like I'm, I'm going to a network event and this is how I'm acting. and, And like, it's coming on. So it's just like, when I really want to relate with people when I really want to feel another person and, and connect with them. And so I just, I'm like walking a room around this room feeling like a pinball machine, you know, yeah. three years ago, because it's just like, Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't even How feel do you like feel now. Anymore. Do
1: you feel that same way now, Ernie, when you go in? No, no. I mean, I, I've, oh, I've studied what changed? a lot. Um, uh, pace, my own pace, my own. Yeah. Pace. Right. Yeah. Cause you probably, yeah. I think you went, Saying, hey, I gotta cover this whole room. I gotta cover this whole room. I gotta, I gotta make this worth my time. Right. A lot of people take that approach and they feel like they have a they have a goal that night. And as I said before, the goal should be one to three people to connect with, right? And so when you talk about that word relate, that's what I mean, right? I'd rather you go there and talk about golf or skiing or whatever hobby exists between you and the other person you're having a conversation with. I'd rather you talk about those things. Than actually define, you know, worry about reaching out and getting all types of other contacts and whatnot, you know, to to try and follow up or put on an email list or any of that stuff, right? For me, my goal at in-person networking events was always to get a quick introduction and then make an offer. Would you like to connect on Zoom Deeper or connect on LinkedIn? That'd be great. I'd get a business card. I'd come home and the next day I'd send an email. Hey, it was great connecting with you Ernie last night. If you got a chance, I'd love to learn more about your business. Let's connect on a more deeper dive on a 30 minute Zoom call. And probably 40% of the people I met or took their business card would take me up on that. And that's the process I used. So I was doing this whole virtual networking thing before it was ever a thing, right? I would just go in person to meet the people, then move them to virtual, then move them toward a relationship right and it's that relatability piece that i was always looking for you know mm-hmm. if i if yeah. i sensed that the person was going to try and sell me anything at the in-person networking event they w- they wouldn't get a follow-up from me They're they their left pocket material versus right pocket material
2: i like
0: that
1: yeah and i think yeah, i've
2: just solved it by not networking like not going to networking events
1: (laughs) that's part of the problem too and here's the here's the other issue i don't mean to
2: say i'm not making relationships i'm just saying like sure the 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 meetup apps like networking events or the facebook networking events like that are specifically networking events i just kind of uh
1: so ernie don't even specifically what is it that you do so uh, this last
2: year has been a big shift and uh I work in embodiment and I work with uh, mindfulness and most specifically with men. So um, creating more presence in, in men's relationships with their wives, with themselves, with their children, with their profession, and, uh, and connecting deeper to their purpose and to what they want.
1: So how do you get business right now? You, you get it by referral yeah referral yeah. and 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 I still network right sure i just
2: don't I don't feel that word who, anymore who
1: refers yeah. you
2: people that i uh have worked with people that that have um, seen or met me in some way uh,
1: yeah, how about any specialties any are massage therapists referring you
2: no, no Why is that? Uh, Because I hadn't had this interview yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, uh, the number one thing I hear all the time is that my clients refer me. Mm -hmm. And the reason I hear that is because the people don't actually track who refers them. Mm -hmm. So if you were to write down on a piece of paper on the left-hand side of the last 10 clients you had, then on the right-hand side, write down who referred them. You'll see something emerge on the right. Okay. Now it might be clients. You might happen to be the exception to the rule, but generally speaking, clients don't refer because they don't want to share your time. It's Mm. subconscious, right? They don't want to share you with others because you're serving them in such a great way. And what I know about referrals is that people refer when an opportunity presents itself. So an opportunity presents itself to a client less often than it does a referral source. So we want to look at people who are doing mindfulness with men. Like, for instance, I have an individual on my mind who I think who only works with men. And I think he could be a great referral source, right? I don't know. There's a deeper discussion that has to happen there to, to understand whether that's a good connection piece where you might guys might serve the same type of clients and be re- able to refer back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly enough, I have to think, OK, well. where do where do men go so i'm thinking just right off the cuff i'm thinking crossfit yeah working out and so if we talk to a crossfit trainer right a crossfit trainer isn't going to find out from a crossfit customer in the middle of a workout that they need your service where they're going to find out about it is when the workout's over and all the barriers are broken down and the guy who they were training opens up and says, "My relationship's falling apart." And the CrossFit guy is not the guy to fix it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I felt that shift. The shift took place for me not in 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 as deep in, as a way that you're allowing for me now, um, but when you when you started talking about referral referral source and not focusing on giving somebody a client but a referral source it's like whoa that's a totally different thing it's like here take this tree right than, here take this apple uh and that's solid and that's well in, and here's another angle you,
1: right yeah. here's another angle with that too which is you know your clients maybe one of the things you work with them on is not just mind health and mind awareness but also body health and body awareness right? So there may be opportunities to connect with nutritionists and with yeah. the CrossFit trainer where you're yeah. referring out, hey, It's funny, are you working it's out? It's funny that you yeah. say that because you're like,
2: well, usually clients don't refer you, but I have a client who, I've had multiple clients who've referred me, but I have one in particular who's referred me a lot and they're both a CrossFit trainer and a nutritionist.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Super funny. Yeah.
2: It's a connection I would have never made. But you see
1: how my yeah. mind thinks? It's 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 all I'm 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 sitting here sort of trying to connect the dots of who uses your service and what also what other service they also use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are patterns that develop, right? The best business owners are very focused on working with very specific people. Oftentimes we, we are too broad early on. So when we ask Trey, who do you do websites for? He's probably going to say everybody. Long unless class. he went to unless he went to launch.
0: No, I'm I'm still here. I, I I I love just I've got this screen up in front of me. I'm listening to you guys talk, Matt. I love that you're really digging into Ernie because he always digs into me with these deep questions. So hearing <laughs> him have to answer them. What is this like some layback or something yes. that you're like over there? <laughs> <laughs> no i mean to, so no, to, no these are
2: solid questions man.
0: to answer yeah. your question i mean no i prefer working with small business owners who want websites that are pure that are majority of which are for informational purposes only uh not with a huge budget for an agency but somebody who just wants personalized care so i'm sure i can be more specific than that but
1: well, let me ask you a question about that right yeah do you yeah. have any uh have you done any lawyer websites
0: i have yeah well yes i have i have done one lawyer website
1: just one? Yes. Uh, how about um, fuel service or oil service or uh, home contracting service type companies?
0: Um, the closest to home contracting, well, I've got two house painters that I, I manage their websites and then uh, title agencies. That That's probably as close to that category as mm-hmm. I've
1: got. Mm-hmm. What's the other kind of website industry profession that you think of when you think about your clients?
0: So, yes, I, I it's it's definitely the 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 home type industry that I have found some sort of niche in. It's it's mm. it's extremely well, I mean, it's not funny because, I mean, you were in the industry there. I can't remember if it was the pumpkin plan by Mike uh, Michalowicz mm-hmm. or building a story brand by Donald Miller. I don't remember which one, but it was they, pumpkin plan. It has to have been. Yeah. That that you mentioned that you mentioned IT service providers because I specifically reached out to two immediately after reading that book. And I have a relationship, but the referrals just have not come from them yet. So that was a very mm-hmm. on-point recommendation that you had made.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so Pumpkin Plan is all about trimming off the small pumpkins so the award-winning gigantic pumpkin that goes to the fair can weigh the most, be the most, and get all the nutrients from the vine, right? right, right. And so this idea that Mike McAllowitz wrote this Pumpkin Plan about – concept that we we got to sort of cut off the bad apples the bad pumpkins on our vines which is our clients in a lot of ways that are bleeding our nutrients to death out of our business and allow us to focus on the right thing um i think that was a shift for me as well when i read that many years ago um actually spoke with him at the same conference back when that came out and interestingly enough um if if we don't ignore the other people that want our service, right? That's right. not what we do, right. but we put our our efforts into those that we can serve the best in the target market that we can serve the best. So when we're talking about home services, Trey, we're talking about building relationships with people that are specifically uh, working with those folks. Yeah. So if you're not doing any marketing of any kind, then you want to find a marketing or branding agency that's focused on realtors. Home construction, renovators, things like that, where they're not doing websites and then you guys could trade referrals back and forth. Yeah. One of the challenges with some of these partners, so to speak, is that we often aren't giving enough referrals in order to get enough referrals. Yeah. We're also not training them. One of the best things I ever did, and I've I've communicated this to a lot of people, is you know, when we when we have clients come on board, we do some sort of intake, right? Ernie, you're talking to them about you know, you know, you're asking them questions, right, about them so that, you know, you can serve them in the right way, right? And Trey is doing the same thing in the web company. Well, in the web company, we caught on to this. Once we realized that the IT profession was our best referral source, we modified our intake form to ask who does your email, who's your IT guy, right? Who's your IT guy? So that we could we could call that person and say, listen, we're working with the same client. We're not going to mess up the email. No worries. Anything goes wrong by happenstance. We don't expect it. But if it happens, here's my number, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that's great. And then I'd follow up with, oh, by the way, we work really well with IT professionals. In fact, a lot of our clients need IT professionals like you. Would you like to have a cup of coffee? Yes. Yeah. Boom. Referral program. That's right? incredible. Yeah. No, because we couldn't give out as many referrals as we got in, we would pay, which is standard in that industry, ten percent.
2: Yeah,
1: um, not every industry is a standard in, but if you're if you're finding ways to, if you're a financial advisor, you should be asking who your CPA is, who does your taxes, who's your financial advisor, right? These are all centers of influence, people that we don't know about, and we might know about them because the name might we might recognize. But if we don't know about them, we can reach out, have a conversation, start building a relationship. And the same goes for Ernie. Like, okay, great. You know, um, so we're going to work on these things. This is what I focus on. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you run your life. So who's your where, where do you work out? Who's your fitness, personal fitness trainer? Oh, you don't have one of those. Okay, let's set that aside for right now. We might come back to that later. There's a referral for your CrossFit guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Where do you get your massages done? Okay. You, you, you only get one a month, but it's, it's where, okay, great. So yeah, maybe we want to increase that just to kind of release anxiety and those type of things. And but we'll talk about that later, but now you have the name of the facility that they go to. Now you can go to these people without disclosing personally identifiable information. Hey, I'm working with a client. Obviously, you know, I can't disclose who that is, but I just want to let you know, I'm working with a, 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 a client who, uh, who, who told me that they come here. And uh, I was hoping to have a conversation to see maybe what synergies we have. Maybe we could refer back and forth uh, for the right client fit. And here's the thing. When we go after these sources, we need to talk to 50 to get five or 10. We have to talk to 50 to get five or 10. It is a game of numbers because not everybody's gonna be interested in a relationship, not everybody's gonna see the referral opportunity. And then it takes a while, it takes six months, and we have to educate them on how to get us the referrals because the massage therapist isn't gonna know what to say or how to ask the question of the person on the table. It creates that creates the problem or it has them verbalize the problem that you solve, Ernie. Right? They have no idea how to ask the relationship question or how to ease into it oh you're tense you're te- how's your relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> the right the right um, shoulder blade usually indicates a relationship issue is there something going on there yeah you know what I mean like I don't know how that stuff works but maybe there's a thing in the foot or something I have no idea so I I think these things take time. But it's also a discipline that we have, just like you, just like with anything we all do. We have to be disciplined at what we do, and this stuff takes time to get ourselves disciplined in, in building better relationships and looking at the yeah. long term. Yeah, it's really
2: solid, man. It's it's a uh, this is this is a this idea of a referral source is a, is really a foreign concept and. And it, it definitely feels good to experience, you know, massage therapist, CrossFit, and then just like, what else? What else is out there that makes sense for, for what, I'm, what I'm doing? And, and, and how, do I, how do I offer myself as a service to them, to those people who would meet those people who want to create uh, a better connection in their life?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm all about, providing tons of value on calls like this. So, you know, yeah. That's great. I'm glad you got something out of it. I'll send you a link later on where you can schedule a call with me to pay me. No.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you want my program? <laughs> I'll send I'll you drink- a LinkedIn sales pitch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking these, these new Diet Snapples, man. They're pretty good. I'll send you a couple there. I didn't realize how good they were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I love about Snapple? You know what the I'm saying, to say, right? man. Yeah, the thing the is on the lid, right?
2: <laughs> you want to hear it? Yeah, Ready? what is that one? All right. Double dutch jump rope is considered a cross training sport. Boom. I should be hitting up the double dutch jump rope championship. You should. Adult
1: <laughs> championships. What? Well, there's probably no there's, a, there's probably a thing. there's, there's probably Make sure you don't thing. go to the female one. You right. need to go to the male one to make sure you yeah. just stay within your market.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. No, I work with women too and actually up until this year i predominantly had mostly female clients, but I I've, I've had a lot of uh, shifts in my life that um, has given me a lot of passion with, uh, the impact that men can have in the world and, and, and the, in the ways that we can develop strength. So I'll hit up both the men and women mm-hmm. double Dutch championships. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Matt, thank you truly for spending so much time with us. This, is, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I'm, I'm going to have to thank Frank, uh, for the introduction, um, Seriously, thank you so much.
1: No problem. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. You guys are two fantastic gents, and uh, really enjoyed hanging out with you. It's kind yeah. of a it's kind of a unique podcast, and I love it. I can't wait to share it out to my tribe and That's amazing. tell the world about you guys.
0: That's uh, we truly appreciate that. And uh, you know, I, I've been to Boston, I think twice, and I, I need every I don't need any other excuses to go to go back. It's a beautiful city. So if I if I make it out that way, I will certainly hit you
1: up. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you ever make it to Fort Myers, I know a guy that's got a condo rental down there. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I, was,
2: I'm an Man, I'm just, I also want to acknowledge you to for coming on and then just a the little bit. We were able to hear about your life and and just uh, how far you've come from being in that in that school what was it called again Day-
1: it's called I, the milton hershey school yeah anybody can find out about it at uh, yeah uh, i think it's uh mhskids.org okay yeah, Perfect. yeah and, just and it's a free me- it's a free you know anybody listening to this podcast if you're a single parent uh if you're a grandparent uh, raising your kids um if you're within 200 percent of the poverty line Then uh, you're gonna qualify if your kids are before their sixteenth birthday. So you might want to check it out mhskids.org. That's incredible. And coming on the back. By the way, it's on the back of every (laughs) single Hershey chocolate bar. Nice. Nice. Yeah, man.
2: Just how far you've come, and uh, from there, and and the habits that you've cultivated in your life, and the type of person you become. Because watching you on stage um, was cool. Was really cool. I felt really good watching your videos. But then, like, interacting with you just like you were talking about, it just really joy, brought a lot of joy. And so um, I want to appreciate what you've done to come to this place from where you've been. True. Thanks so much. I appreciate
1: you guys having me on.
0: Yeah. So before we wrap up, uh, Matt, I just want to give you a chance to, you know, shout out uh, where people can find you. Um, uh, You have a book and you're working on a new book. If you want to talk about those real quick, please, by all means.
1: Sure. I mean, uh, my book is on Amazon. It's more word of mouth referrals, lifelong customers and raving fans. Uh, you can find me at Matt speaks.com. That's where all the videos are that these fine gentlemen have been talking about. And obviously where they did this amazing research on me, I also have a YouTube channel that's youtube.com slash Matt speaks. I put out a referral tip every single week. Uh, we've got a word of mouth referrals, Facebook group. You can just go to uh, Facebook and search for word of mouth referrals. And uh, we're happy to have you in the group. And just again, you know, we're not selling anything, really. We're selling joy. And I don't know how you put a price tag on that. So, you can't. yeah, the new book I'm writing, I'm in the process of writing it now. First uh, section, probably about three chapters is done called The High Five Effect. How to do business with people that bring us joy. It's how to how to better choose your your clients so they don't bog you down and you get more clients to make you happy and uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun being on with you guys. And I really appreciate it. I, I, I really, you know, what I appreciate more than anything is, uh, sort of your soothing dulcet tones. Like your the interview is just so calming. And I love that. I think that's amazing. Like most podcasts I go on is like, Oh yeah, let's talk about business. Rah, rah, rah. And I get all excited and it's great, but what's happened. I don't know if you noticed this, I'm super passionate about what I talk about. But I've been passionate in a very unique way today with you guys. Something about you guys is just calming. And I think that's amazing. I think we need more of that in this world. So thanks for bringing that to the That's
0: honestly the best compliment that I I think we have received as part of this podcast or best compliment I've received in a long time. So truly, thank
1: you. And yeah, no problem. It. I'm sure it <laughs> covers the salary of your podcast hosting piece.
0: Oh, totally. Totally. All right, yeah. Matt, again, thank you so, so much. And I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk. Um, but until next time. Better
1: not be. It won't be. It won't be. <laughs> or I you're promise. not building relationships. Delete my email.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys, and take care. Yep. Again, a huge thank you goes out to Matt Ward for joining us on the podcast. If you want to learn more about Matt, please check out his website at mattwardspeaks.com. And as we start picking up conferences and seminars again if you are a uh, an organizer of one of those i would highly highly encourage you give matt a call he's also available on linkedin especially if you're a business owner and you're just looking to grow your network and the scope of your business do us a favor leave us a five star review on apple Podcasts if you found a value in this particular episode that helps us in front of other people that helps others like you discover our podcast and also derive value from it and if you want more mosaic life content visit one mosaic.live join our circle and you'll be notified of brand new episode releases as well as exclusive Instagram content which you can find at one mosaic life. On the platform. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We truly appreciate you and we look forward to coming back at you soon. Take care and be well.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for
0: B L E A V on YouTube. (laughs) Let's <laughs> go.